rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. All right, so we've talked a lot about The X-Files as a 90s show, and I actually don't get a 90s vibe from the show very often. It it, it kind of goes for a sort of, yeah. you know, classical, timeless look and feel. But uh, I was really struck in Wet Wired when Scully told Malder that um, someone went all wiggy. <laughs> okay. I mean, I do get more of a 90s feel in a lot of ways from... I mean, obvious stuff like they're dealing with all tapes in this episode, or even the conspiracy tone of this. We have talked a little bit about um, how in 2017, this type of conspiracy show feels dated in some ways because, you know, and, and everything I've heard about season 10 is basically, you know, it does it hasn't updated itself for, you know, new technology or even just the new ways that, you know, conspiracies happen um, in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, we can we can definitely talk about the the whole season of the show now because we are at the end of the season. You know, this is the end of the third season. I think the first really, really strong episode of The X-Files. I think this was a really good episode, a really good season of television. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing that strikes me the most about this season, watching these last two episodes... And we're talking about Wet Wired and uh, Talitha Kumai, I think it's called. Um, is that Latin? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure what language it is. And I was I, I read a couple of conflicting theories, but it comes from the Bible of the story of Jesus raising a little girl from the dead. And it means, you know, little girl, get up. Oh, so, OK. I can see the, that. You know, and. I, I, I like that there have been several, like, Nisei is another example where it doesn't explain what it, you know, what the title means, but then I've looked it up and, you know, oh, actually, that's a really cool title and very evocative. Um, of course, you know, people watching this when it aired didn't know what the title of it was. But... Unless you saw it in TV Guide or something, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that, that y- y- what I was getting at is that um, it really strikes me how, how mythology-heavy this season is. I mean, mm. you've got the standard like two two-parters that you get that we've gotten in the first and second seasons. You got the season opener that's mythology. You get the season ender that's mythology-related. But, you know, you get episodes like Wet Wired or Avatar yeah. that are very mythology heavy as well that kind of present themselves first as standalone episodes but then really dive into the the personalities involved in the conspiracy in a way that the show didn't really do in the first two seasons of the show and and so i think what's interesting about you know you know we've said before that or i've said before that the mythology episodes kind of fall apart at a certain point the mythology storyline never really gets satisfactorily resolved and that that's true to a point but i think that what you see in this season is that the show is becoming increasingly confident in sort of weaving the the mythology into a lot of areas that you wouldn't necessarily connect them to yeah well i mean i i am in a lot of ways comparing this show to lost i have been because I, I I would say after the X Files chronologically, Lost was the next big hit show that everybody had theories of that people were for war watching from a plot level. And uh, I know one of the big problems that I ended up having was it wasn't sure whether it was a science fiction show w- with a deep plot that had some very well drawn characters, or it was a bunch of characters in a sci fi plot. And 
I think the way reason I am liking the X-Files is it is very much using its sci-fi plot to further the character. It's only so interested in the minutiae. Like, at the end of uh, Talitha Kumi, when, you know, uh, Jeremiah Smith is saying, I'm going to explain everything to you, I started laughing, because I'm like, of course you fucking aren't, you know? <laughs> this isn't going to add up anyth- add up to anything. I, I, I'm not even going to pretend that this is going to lead to anything. But, you know, what this is revealing about these two characters... And, you know, satellite characters such as um, as Skinner or Deeper Throat or whatever, um, their relationship to the conspiracy and how they are all dealing with that. And that is, I think, where the – I think if you're watching it to get this story and to figure out, you know, where all the pieces go together, that you're doing it wrong in a way. But if you're – if it's just these – I mean, The X-Files is ultimately a show about – characters being confronted by the unknowable and you know whether that is the limits of science about uh the ineffability of reason and faith or just about frankly why bad things happen to good people um you know the 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 conspiracy is you know at various times stands in for all of those things and it is about these characters psychological and philosophical reactions to that and I am surprised at how well it does that. I, that was not what I expected the show to be, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's actually a, a really good summation of, of what The X-Files is, is trying to do and what it's really good at. And I also think that, you know, we'll obviously talk more about, about Talitha Kumai in, in a few minutes, but but and, and Wet Wired as well. I mean, we'll get specific here. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, kind of the maybe the other thing to say about the, the season and the show as a whole and where it's going is that I think you're right to kind of compare it to Lost because it, while Lost appears to be a show that is, is becoming a forgotten show, I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about Lost anymore. I mean, what, it ended six or seven years ago now? Uh, I thought it was even, no, it was more recent than that. It was like 2008, 2009. Was it? No, it wasn't that long ago. It was around when I moved. So I moved to New York in 2009. You and I watched the final season together. So, uh, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was a while (laughs) ago. So you're talking like seven years ago at this point, at least that, but it's kind of weird because nobody really talks about that show anymore it's kind of become forgotten um which i don't know if that's a good thing or not i don't mean you know you can try and convince me that we should do lost on tuning in at some point maybe i'll maybe you'll wear me down well for the listeners yeah we have talked about that and neither of us i on the i think i think it's a better idea than you do but i still at the same time don't know if i want to go through that again I, i i i think at the end of the day we feel everybody felt a little betrayed by lost right yeah, like yeah but but i but i think that that people felt betrayed by the x-files too right yeah and, and i think maybe rightly or wrongly i don't know i mean i think that people really got invested in the overarching meta plot of the show and like i said it never got satisfactorily resolved it's just sort of the show kind of ended and for a show that went on for nine years, that's not great planning on their part. It's not yeah. like it was canceled unceremoniously after three seasons or something. Yeah. So to get nine seasons and nine full seasons plus a movie and, and to not satisfactorily resolve the the main reason why a lot of people watched your show, maybe that's not great. I don't know. But I think that's to miss the point of what The X-Files is really about. Sure. And I, I think that 
network television was not ready in mm. the 90s to do a sort of like i mean i have not watched twin Peaks season three i'm kind of scared to honestly you should uh, be it's terrifying it's some of the most terrifying <laughs> tv i've ever watched but i kind of get the sense from from things that i've i've i haven't really read anything about it or or anything like yeah. that but but kind of like just hearing things on twitter and etc that uh, it really was a very very um plot light season of television yeah that, that, it was very sort of meandering and non-structured and and really there was nothing driving the plot forward necessarily and it wasn't a really plot heavy show and then i think about you know television shows like treme for instance which is mm. the the second show that david simon or the show that david simon did after he he finished doing the wire which is this very meandering look at you know, people in New Orleans after Katrina they, that their lives may intersect or they may not. And there really is no plot necessarily to speak of. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. The, the episodes themselves don't really have a beginning or an end. You know, ne- network television was not ready to do that kind of thing in the 90s. And, but I think The X-Files wants to be that kind of show. And yeah. you see that through the ways in which it, it it really does handle its overarching plot because it is more about character and it's more about the meaty character moments of these episodes than it is about the plot yeah i mean i'm also in some ways i'm also comparing it to ds9 because i think the x-files and ds9 were attempts at getting to you know what we call prestige television today you know shows like you know the breaking bads and the game of thrones and things like that where you have a very or dare you say star trek discovery Oh, um, but, you know, and, and while I think I, I get the sense that Deep Space Nine handled its overarching plot a little better than um, X-Files might have. Um, I.e. it actually got a resolution. <laughs> it's true. You know, at the end, we aren't left with all of these questions and all of the... Um, but I, 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 and I know we certainly saw in DS9 a lot of things like they're trying to do something that really hadn't been done like this before. And, you know, they, they are, both shows are kind of going without a map and it is very interesting to see their different approaches. And I would say DS9 is a lot less interested in, I mean, the X-Files, I, I what everyone tells me about the X-Files is it eventually kind of does collapse under its own weight. And I can already see that like, um, for a conspiracy episode, I am surprised at how little Talitha Kumi adds to the canon, you know, because so far every, every big myth episode, uh, has said, okay, well, we're going to add, uh, we're going to add a alien bounty hunter and, you know, there's hybrids and, you know, here's black oil and stuff. And the cigarette smoking man knew, you know, knew Mulder's father who was part of the conspiracy, you know, it's just adds more and more shit and gets bigger and bigger. And I think in a lot of ways that adds to the paranoid, overwhelming and unknowableness of the X-Files mythology, which is its point again. Um, DS9 yeah. was not interested in that. It was interested in storytelling. I, I think that's right. And, you know, I, I want to loop back around and, and, and concentrate on Wet Wired. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about Talitha Kumai, too. But I, I think the last thing I'll say about that is partially I think you're right and partially I think you're wrong that mm. this is the show in its third season, the end of the third season. It is it is coming off an extraordinarily strong season. It's first, I think, probably really, really classic season. There were sort of classic episodes yeah. in the in the last two seasons, but but this as a whole is really well done. 
I can really only think of, you know, maybe two or three episodes that were terrible, which, you know, for a season of, of 24 episodes is pretty damn good. Taste but I th- be shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, but I think that what, what Talitha Kumai is doing is, you know, it's taking all of that stuff that you just said. It's the aliens. It's the bounty hunters. It's the black oil. It's, you know, Mulder knew the cigarette smoking man. And it's saying, okay, what are we going to do with this for our characters? Yeah. What, how, how would they react to this? Let's slow the mythology down. Let's not really introduce any new elements, although they do introduce at least one new element that I can think of, which yeah. we'll talk about, and, and see how everybody reacts to that. Yeah, I mean, both of these episodes feel kind of quiet, in, especially in comparison to um, s- some of the earlier mythology episodes we had. I mean, there is, you know, certainly there are people threatening and getting killed and stuff in them, but, you know, it they're much more subtle episodes. So let's talk about what works. It's, um, I mean, it's a stealth mythology episode in its way. It, it, it doesn't... Uh, the, the you know the appearance of Deeper Throat and having him be part of everything and having the cigarette smoking man obviously know something that's going on that is a you know that's subtle and that's unexpected it is a monster of the week episode but one which still recognizes the larger context something such as um, Quagmire for example you know was was a great episode but. You know, as far as Quagmire was concerned, the cigarette smoking man doesn't exist. You know, these alien stuff doesn't exist. Uh, it's just Mulder and Scully on an adventure. And, um, yeah, because I think even even though the conspiracy exists, right, the mm-hmm. conspiracy is not involved in everything. Yeah. And, and the conspiracy is not really interested in a few people dying in a Georgia lake, right? I mean, they don't care. Whereas Wet Wired is really interesting because you, you were right. You think it starts out as a standalone. You think it starts out as a Monster of the Week episode. And it takes this hard turn and suddenly we have, you know, Deeper Throat and the Cigarette Smoky Man in the same car. Uh which interestingly enough, like the show is much more willing to use yeah. the cigarette smoky man than it was in earlier episodes or earlier seasons. He's kind of dr- just dropping in the show, like at the drop yeah. of the hat now. They figured out how to, because in the first season, second season, he is the face of the conspiracy in a lot of ways. He is, he stands in, especially in the earlier episodes, as the person who knows everything. And. You know, the main antagonist and a huge villain. And by season three, it's getting the confidence to broaden that. I mean, the syndicate or whatever they're called is, um, again, we've seen that he may be a low-ranking member of them. They don't really trust him. He doesn't always know everything that's going on. Again, a point I've made a lot of times is there is nobody, there is no character in the show who could give you a rundown of everything because... Everybody has secrets from each other, you know, so obviously, and I think a lesser show would have had that, you know, it's almost a dethroning of the cigarette smoking man in a way, but they are still making him an extremely effective character, even though they've made him a little less mysterious in some ways. He is, again, we've seen his apartment. He's a person. He has coworkers who don't like him. You know, he, he, he is a human being, and we are beginning to learn some of his motivations and some of what makes him tick. But instead of, show, you know, 
they're they're showing the, us the man behind the curtain, but in a way that's making him just as much, if not more, of a threat. And it's a very, I mean, this is becoming an extremely confident show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think you see that at Wet Wired because, yeah. you know, for for most of it, the cigarette smoking man, obviously, he does not play a large role in that episode. I mean, the actual cigarette smoking man, I think his only scene is the very end when Deeper Throat gets in the car with him and you get that shocking, maybe not reveal that Deeper Throat works for the cigarette smoking man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if he thought he worked for the CIA or the FBI or something, but but apparently he works for the cigarette smoking man. But again, you know, Deep, Deeper Throat, frankly, seemed to be one of those people who knew everything. Again, he's somebody who it it didn't appear that he worked for anybody in a way. Right. And, you know, and just think, as you know, Deep, Deep Throat himself never really appeared to work for anybody, he seemed on the level of but everybody has their master in this show in a way. Sure. Yeah. But I think that this episode, you know, uses him very smartly because, you know, this is really, you know, what what, what you can really say this episode is about, if, if it's really about anything, is here's some weird shit that happens with the conspiracy. And yeah. here's here's another piece of what they're doing that has nothing to do with aliens. Why are they doing this strange cable television mind control thing? I uh-huh. don't know. But where does Scully go when she gets affected with this? She thinks she sees Mulder with the cigarette smoking man. I mean, the show is very literal in the textual analysis of that, where she says, oh, well, my greatest fear is that you're going to uh, betray me. So it's not like it's a great mystery as to why she thinks she sees that. But it's just very, very off-putting to see the cigarette smoking man yeah. and Mulder in that car and Mulder's laughing. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not right. Yeah. I mean, this episode seemed in some ways a remake of blood, right? Like that was the episode where they were seeing, you know, kill them all in the microwave. And that was, you know, that episode was a very campy to me. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was funny just because of how kind of silly it was. And it ended with, them not really figuring out what was going on and you know the implication that there is somebody who is doing these experiments and here is that same exact story done using a different medium and done as as horror and tragedy and i mean it it would i i would i'm assuming there are fan theories which you know connect the two in that way you know blood was their experiment this is another iteration of the experiment and I mean, we have, you know, this is for, you know, if we don't necessarily learn anything about the the conspiracy's methods or their reasons behind it, it is hammering down that point that they are willing to do do so much collateral damage in order to, I mean, they drugged Mulder's entire apartment, his neighbor killed her husband, and, you know, they don't give a shit, they had their one goal, I mean, the conspiracy may have had a very particular goal in this episode that doesn't even that Mulder never even figures out they you know maybe they really did just want one particular person dead and you know this this was their smoke screen to confuse everybody again this is about the unknowable we don't know we never will know deeper throat is certainly not going to tell anybody and Mulder won't figure it out because all the evidence is destroyed now yeah because I think that what really strikes me about wet wired and it, it makes it such a weird episode is that this is not uncommon for the X-Files, but but the mystery of the episode is never really figured yeah. out. They they don't 
know who actually did this. I mean, they they kind of get some idea of it, but but they're not really sure, and they don't get any hard evidence of it. Yeah, and, and other- even though they can find like, okay, the cable guy did the physical, you know, stuff to make this happen. He put the device in, but then who 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 sent him to do that? Okay, well he's dead, so who sent him to do that? You know, you don't know who originated this idea. But really what what I think is interesting is that this is an episode which is really privileging, you know, mood and character and feel over plot. And and I don't think that that's something that the X-Files, you know, that's something the X-Files does quite a bit. But in, in an episode like this, which is not a straight up mythology episode, which yeah. is just, you know, it's the episode before the season finale, you would think that uh it, this would be the the quieter episode i mean telethakumai is much quieter than yeah. this episode i think more happens in in wet wired than in telethakumai but it, you know you get this weird thing with with scully getting affected by it she's obviously just collateral damage there there's really no yeah. thought given to why this happened to her she's just like i said she's collateral damage there's nothing yeah. that's really connecting her to this and it also doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, the only thing that I think maybe the episode, the the most important thing or the most important reveal of the episode is is maybe not that shocking or not that revealing because the reason why Mulder doesn't yeah. solve the mystery is that he goes off and tries to save Scully instead, which mm. I think that's something we already knew he would do. Yeah. And frankly, given that it's a case of they just need, to, you know, it's implied that just with time... You know, it would be okay if, you know, she goes to her mother's. If she had stayed at her mother's to the weekend, you know, poor Mrs. Scully would have had a very frazzled few days. But eventually Scully would have gotten over it enough to be able to be taken to the hospital. Um, you know, if Mulder had gone over the, gone after the evidence, uh, he might have accomplished something. But And, and kind of, I guess, changing tacks a little bit. Do you see any sort of results from avatar in this i mean skinner seems to be treating Mulder and scully pretty much the same as he always does yeah well i mean given that at the end of avatar skinner doesn't really uh confide in Mulder, who is probably the one person who would be the most sympathetic and you know would not in any way judge skinner and skinner knows that and still skinner refuses i mean we said at the end of avatar do you think skinner and his wife are going to get back together well i think uh, you know i don't think so i think he is still going to be the person that he still is i think you know old habits die hard and i don't think he got the epiphany where he learned yes if i had trusted other people this wouldn't have happened to me no he's always going to be that button down person he actually wanted to check if he was wearing his wedding ring, but I, I didn't. I forgot. Yeah, I didn't I'm a notice. bad podcaster. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we might be giving Wet Wired short shrift because I, I think we're both eager to, to move on to Talitha Kumai. Uh, but in, in a certain sense, this is almost a prologue to Talitha Kumai. I mean, we we don't really yeah. learn anything about Mulder and Scully we, we didn't already know, which is that they're very devoted to each other and they will you know, pretty much drop everything to, to help the other one. And we also get a, a glimpse of another conspiracy, and we find out that the Deeper Throat and Mulder are sort of uh, becoming at, at odd ends. But, you know, it, it is kind of interesting, actually, to, to, to watch them in tandem because this is almost sort of a, a serialized television approach to storytelling where character yeah. motivations are sort of following from episode to episode with no 
uh, plot motivations. You know, at the, the end of Wet Wired sets up Deeper Throat and, and Mulder continuing their dislike of each other, which, you know, kind of explodes in the next episode, yeah. for example. Yeah, I, and, you know, in some ways, they're a weird mirror of Skinner and Mulder, right? Like, neither Skinner nor Mulder can quite trust each other, and, you know, everybody and Skinner have pulled guns on each other at this point, too. Um, and I don't think I, there's anybody in the cast that hasn't pulled a gun on some other person at yeah. some point. I think even Mulder and Scully have pulled guns on each other at some point, so... No, it uh, happened. They, it happened in this episode. Yeah, um, and, you know, yet, again, at the end of the day, we can agree that, we we do believe and agree that Skinner and Mulder are on the same side. Their methods are completely different, they really need to fucking relax around each other, they never will, and, you know, they they are never going to be quite as hostile as, as, um, as Deeper Throat and Mulder are going to be, but... They will never be the unit that Scully and Mulder are. And frankly, again, Skinner, Scully, and Mulder should be a unit, should be a tight-knit, you know, threesome in a way. And Deeper Throat should be in that way too, but they are all, you know, both Deeper Throat and Skinner are trying to serve two masters in their own way. It's just that I think Deeper Throat's, you know, Deeper Throat is serving a much darker and he's trying to... um He's trying to have it both ways in a very dangerous way. Right. I mean, I, I think that, that you know, you, you could say that Deeper Throat should be more involved in what's going on. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, they're going to kill him? Like, yeah. you know, well, and so the syndicate is, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, they kill him. It's just, you know, they would kill him if, if no. they knew what was happening. And, you know, if he goes off and decides to openly help Mulder and Scully, that's not going to end well for him. Yeah. Um which was similar to how, you know, Deep Throat was. And, you know, he Deep Throat knows exactly what happened to Deep Throat. I mean, it is possible that the two of them were peers. At, uh, well, he the, even said that, I think, in his first or second appearance. I, I'm remembering this where he says something like, you know, what what happened to my predecessor is not going to happen to me or something yeah, like that. So you know, making it very clear that not only does he know that, that someone murdered Deep Throat, but that he that's not going to happen <laughs> to him. Yeah, which, you know, I I... I don't know what his prognosis is. I would put a few bucks on him not surviving the series, but um actually he does. He he go he uh escapes and, and goes to open a B&B in Ottawa. So now I know he's going to die. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. We learned that Mulder's red green colorblind. Yeah, that is true, and I guess we should we should take a brief mention that the lone gunmen are back again. Yeah. Um you know, you said prologue. Yeah, in a way, it it does. This episode, you know, mostly serves to remind us that all of these characters are here, right? Like, here's the major players. You know, everything except the alien hybrids is addressed in this episode, but um, and we certainly don't forget about them. You know, when they're reintroduced in the next episode, um, it is a setting up, and which is funny because Talitha Kumi is itself a setting up. It is, and we'll talk about Talitha Kumai in just a moment. But before we do that, I would like to take an opportunity to remind all of you listening to this podcast that tuning in is listener-supported. You can go to patreon.com slash trekaboutshow and give us some money if you feel so inclined. It is very, very, very appreciated, 
and uh, goes a long way towards covering a lot of the costs that we have associated with this podcast. Once again, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. All right, let's talk about Talitha Kumai, which we've already talked about a little bit, <laughs> but this is a damn good episode. I have to say, the one area where I thought this dropped the ball in a lot of ways is here's an episode that could bring up some Catholic shit and Scully doesn't really seem to have any thoughts on the situation. That is true. And, and, and I mean, I, my very first note is Scully is definitely going to have something to say about a man who, you know, raises the dead. I, I think that's a fair criticism, but I also think that this isn't Scully's episode. And, no. you know, Scully's Catholicism and, and, and Scully's reactions to situations that that make her the believer and make Mulder the skeptic are are ones that are so profound and so important that I think yeah, it yeah. would be difficult to pull that off in this episode. I mean, you know, you could yeah. do a throwaway line or something, but in a sense, this really is an episode about Smolder's emotions towards his mother sure. and the cigarette smoky man and nothing else really happens. Like, there, yeah. nothing, nothing really happens in this episode necessarily. This is one of those where they are stacking a bunch of glasses on top of each other episodes. You know, they're making this gigantic tower of stuff. And you know in the next episode is when they're going to pull the tablecloth and there's going to be – everything's going to break and it's going to be insane. And in a way, I'm really pissed that we're not continuing directly on to season four next week because, you know – when's it gonna happen you know when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory i want it well i i think so but you know this is a really really interesting season finale i think because like the first season finale had the shocking death of of deep throat right and then the second season finale was was anasazi and that was a huge thing and you know Mulder in the uh train car uh you know is he dead is he not dead and then the third season ends with a person pointing a gun at someone and you're like okay well what's going to happen and they've got the weird ice pick thing that's going to kill the guy and you know the the stakes just feel so much lower in a certain sense because it's not really the deaths of anyone we actually care about I mean Jeremiah Smith might die but yeah again as I said I don't care as I said I don't really expect him to actually explain anything I thought the you know I knew the end of the episode was coming up i knew it would be a cliffhanger i thought he was gonna say i can explain everything and then a shot and he's dead you know um because i really think that you know going back to what i said at the very beginning of the episode like it's such a weird and confident choice for the show to end its third season its biggest season yet its most successful season yet with pretty much a quiet character study (laughs) yeah well it's it's a lot of times cliffhangers can be very manipulative, right? Like, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this one? End of season two. What the fuck happened to Mulder? How is he going to get out of this one? Well, I have to watch the next season. This, they know that everybody who's watch, who's watching this sh- episode has watched the entire season and is going to immediately watch season four. Like, there is no question in Chris Carter's mind at this point. It's a very, again, confidence is a word we've said a lot this episode, but... This, 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 this show now really knows what it's doing, and it knows that it's really good at it. It ha- and in a way that isn't cocky yet. 
Yeah, because I think the other thing that's so interesting about it is it, it knows what it's good at. It knows what it's doing. It, mm-hmm. it knows why people watch the show. And then it does what it wants to do. Like, yeah. I, I think that what's more interesting about this episode than, than anything else we've said is that this is not an episode that is giving the audience what they want. Mm, yeah. It's this is what Chris Carter well, and David Duchovny, because David Duchovny got a story credit on this episode. This is what the X-Files creative staff wants to do. And it's so interesting to watch that unfold. But, you know, there's an amount where, you know, to say like, oh, this isn't giving what the audience what it wants. It's giving what they want. Well, it actually I I would say this is a case where, you know, Carter and Duchovny know what the audience wants better than the audience knows itself in a way. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. like, Like they have a very. You know, as evidenced by the fact that it's going to go on for several more years and you know, this is going to be a mania, you know, pop culturally. Um, they yeah, they they have a really good insight on why people watch the X-Files. And again, it's not because of the scary monsters necessarily, although that's a factor. It's not because of the action, although that's a factor. It's because of these characters. And again, I, I, I think a... You know, this is a lightning in a bottle show in a lot of ways. The cast is is perfect in its way, and yeah, because I think that like you know the most the most shocking moment of the episode mm. is probably towards the very beginning when you know uh, 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 Mulder's mother is going to Quadrilateral uh, Rhode Island, and <laughs> she walks outside, and the cigarette smoking man is standing there, and yeah, they obviously and- know each other, and they have a conversation, and it's like. You know, it, it it's sort of mind blowing, but at the same time, it makes complete sense yeah. because we know that Mulder's father and the cigarette smoking man work together. Yeah, to know that the mother knows that this alien weapon is in their house, you know, and again, it, it it's out of nowhere, and yet it's yeah, actually, she would. Um, actually, my question didn't does Mult uh prior to you know deeper throat saying that oh yeah he knew your mother um. Did he know that the cigarette man knew his father? Did we? Because we as the audience knew that, but I don't remember if Mulder did. I don't. I don't remember exactly, but I I think that you're right that Mulder did not know. But that, at the same. Yeah. That his father. At- no, actually, maybe. No, they did know that. Yeah, he did know that um, because there was that picture of. Okay. Mul- Maybe he didn't know specifically that Mulder's father knew the cigarette smoking man and, and perhaps didn't even know the extent of their relationship. Yeah. Like going, going to their that... summer house and stuff. But they d- Mulder yeah. did know that he worked with some of the shadowy people. Yes. Yeah. And I guess at that point, especially when he's showing the photos. Yeah. Didn't you know that she knew him? You know, the pieces are clicking for Mulder. He does, you know, again, and, and a sim- he probably had a similar reaction. He didn't know it, but yeah, that makes complete sense. You know, I if I'd thought about that for five more minutes, I would have it. I would have figured that out. But like at the same time, you know, because the cigarette smoking man at the end of the episode in the hospital, which is very interesting, played by by William Davis, by the way, because mm. I think it's really the first time that you ever see the cigarette smoking man 
worried or concerned or having any sort of emotion, really, because the cigarette smoking man in all his appearances so far has been a person who has a mask up and showing emotion is a weakness that he cannot afford. And in that scene, William Davis is doing something really interesting where you can actually see the person there for a split second until, of course, Mulder walks over and then everything's off and, you know, the cigarette smoking man's mask goes up again. Well, I mean, he does ask, you know, how is she in a way that is, you know, the actual he actually does care about her. You know, Yeah, no. Yeah, he absolutely does. And I mean, even the intimation that they had some sort of affairs is there as well. But. Uh, you know what I what I'm what I'm thinking of is that, you know, Mulder must have been very young when the cigarette smoking man and Mulder's family had a falling yeah. out or something because Mulder doesn't remember him at all. And I mean, I don't know about you, but certainly I don't remember all of my yeah parents' friends. But I mean, I think that you would probably remember someone like that who came to your summer house every year. Um, it's a little it i don't know you could you could argue that it's a problem or a plot hole i don't necessarily think it is but because i think the other thing that's probably consistent about Mulder is that he's very self-centered yeah i mean i can see you know it it, it, i'm not 100 percent clear on the timeline but the implication is that it was after or shortly before Mulder's sister was abducted so you know he's 12 years old at that point and Prior to that, he and Samantha were probably just, all right, go inside and play, you know, and if we we also don't know how many people else were at the summer home. If his parents had a half dozen friends there and, you know, the cigarette smoking man is not going to be playing with the kids or, you know, doing anything to be too interesting to them. I, you know, he's the kind of adult that is not interesting to children. And so, Oh, you don't think you showed out the, the alien ice pick. He's like, Hey kids, look at this. (laughs) I, I certainly, he is, could do, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't exactly, you know, giving them puppet shows or anything like that. Yeah, I just don't get a sense that he's really good with kids, but you know, And, and, and frankly, they may be a little afraid of him, but again, I think if he wants to be unobtrusive, he is going to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I but I I don't know. It's like it's weird. Like it doesn't feel like there's it doesn't feel important though. I mean, what this episode yeah. is really, you know, the most explosive elements of the episode again are all of the all of the emotional work that's going on between these characters. And, you know, yes, it's very very sad that that uh, Mulder's mother has a stroke and perhaps is not going to survive. Yeah. But but it's really in, in a sense it's kind of like she's not well served because she's really being used as a pawn to get the cigarette smoking man and Mulder together for that scene. It's not necessarily that she matters that much. I mean, it's a little bit of a shortcutting, but I don't know. It works for me. Like she's an older woman and it's been established that parents die in this show already. So it's not like it's that cheap. Yeah. And given the way that, um, you know, Scully's mother has an existence outside of the conspiracy. You know, True. obviously she doesn't have. I again, here I am, not even knowing her first name. She doesn't really have much of an existence beyond being Scully's mother. But her, her know, first it, name is Scully's mother. Yeah, Scully's mother, Scully. Yeah. Um Well, you know, I, I, I mean, there there is the line: these men don't have names. So you know, it, it, nameless characters isn't necessarily a problem with the show. But they have names. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about Jeremiah Smith then, because he's I don't know I I have 
I have issues with his character because I don't know. It, 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 what strikes me about this is so odd is that you've got that we have to track this because you, you got to help me make sense of this. I mean, well, okay, is yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been living with the X Files for thirty years, so I kind of have weird blind spots about it. You perhaps do not because this is your first time through it. But you know, this is very similar to the reveal of the um, a doctor that had duplicates living under the same name yeah. all over the country or the, the the alien who said she was samantha right so jeremiah smith is another one of these alien human hybrids or something that can shapeshift that is living all throughout the country under the same name working at the social security administration all throughout the country but i guess the implication is that jeremiah smith just happened to be in that fast food place at the time it wasn't like he had planned to be there and then what events just spiraled out of control because he's some sort of rebel and he's using his healing powers in public i mean i i i think there is an amount of he's doing something on purpose kind of as a fuck you in a way like so i mean they they you know, they arrest him at his office. They take him Hannibal Lecter style into this thing. He's talking to the cigarette man. He shapeshifts into Deep Throat and Mulder's father. And it's, I really love, by the way, that how the show uses Jerry Harden because it's always good to see him. I love his voice. And I, uh, they've done, they've put him in in really interesting ways even after his character has died. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I every time you see, every time it says, you know, oh, guest starring, I'm like, all right, how are they going to do it? Because it's not going to be a simple flashback. The show is too smart for that. But, um, and then, I mean, the next that we see of him, he has behind the scenes escaped that place. And, I mean, during at no point does he seem to be genuinely nervous. I think, you know, other, other than a little bit at the end when... You know, the alien bodyguard, the alien bounty hunter is coming to kill him. Um, But I I, I think there is an amount where he is, uh, you know, again, he just happens to be at this restaurant where, you know, all of this goes down. But I think he was waiting for an opportunity to do something to kind of to make his stand, really. Yeah, I can certainly see that. And he, he does seem to be very cocky and very sure of himself. The, yeah. I, I do I do want to talk. I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about the actual content of the scenes between the cigarette smoking man and Jeremiah Smith, because on the one hand, they're just these very they're very similar to, I think, the um, the, the visions that Mulder was having. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the season in the blessing way, because they're these very sort of ponderous you know, speeches about the nature of life and philosophy. And, you know, Jeremiah Smith and the cigarette smoking man are essentially having a debate over like free will. And, and, you know, yeah. and, and, and the content of what they're saying doesn't necessarily matter. You just kind of get the sense that Jeremiah Smith is a better guy than the cigarette smoking man. Like if you had to, yeah. if you were going away for the weekend and had your choice of one of these <laughs> two men to watch your cat, it would probably be Jeremiah Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there is a, you know, just as there is a fist fight between Mulder and Deeper Throat, there is a philosophical fight between the Cigarette Man and Jeremiah Smith. And, you know, what we learn about the Cigarette Smoking Man, assuming that the two of them are being sincere in their philosophies, I mean, he's being very, um, 
he's being very Richard Spencer Nietzschean in a lot of ways, right? That, like, very half-assed freshman year reading of Nietzsche where, you know, man is weak and you need somebody to rule over them and, you know— God is dead, and people don't believe in miracles, and science is our faith, and, you know, Jeremiah Smith saying very, you know, calmly, well, you know, number one, like, what matters is that they believe that I'm God, you know, or that, you know, they they are still going to believe in the concept of God, they are still going to want miracles, there is still, you know, love is an actual thing. I mean, this is something we said, uh, last week, where, um... You know, the conspiracy keeps, you know, you know, in Avatar, where the conspiracy keeps doing these things based on their assumption that, okay, well, you know, this is going to totally break up the bond between Mulder and Scully forever, and they're not going to, but, you know, they just really can't get it through their heads that that bond is unbreakable. It can be stretched, it will need, it can be damaged, but it will never be broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Because, you know, the other thing that makes me think, too, is that the, the, the kind of speeches between Jeremiah Smith and, and the cigarette smoky man, in a way, are, are kind of there to, to set up the two sides of yeah. this view of colonization. So I don't know mm. that there's a lot to say about this because the word is just dropped, I think, once or twice in the episode. So and then it, they, also, they also talk about there's a date for colonization. Yeah. That actually was a question I have. So you have at one point Jeremiah Smith says, you know, the date is set. And uh, then later Mulder says to Deep Throat, Deeper Throat, um, you know, the date is set. It's colonization, right? Where does he get that phrase from? Or does he just – has he just kind of put the pieces together and is making an educated guess? I think he's just putting the pieces together. Okay. Um I don't really get a sense that, that he necessarily knows all of the shape mm. of it, but – I don't know. It seems to me that that's kind of, I mean, maybe you disagree. I don't know, but that seems like kind of an important thing to drop in the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yes and no, because I don't know. You you know, you know, we still don't know whether, you know, why they're doing what they're doing. We don't know if colonization right. is a good thing or a bad thing. We don't know if it's something the cigarette smoking man wants or well, doesn't want. Well, I mean, I think in general, if we look at, you know, the history of the yeah. world, colonization is usually a bad, bad thing. thing, at least for the yeah, people that does... are being colonized. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like a great thing, but um... it's probably great for I guess the aliens that are going to be colonizing them, but yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I certainly, you know, we do certainly get the sense that the cigarette smoking man does not believe that this could be a peaceful colonization. And maybe Jeremiah Smith believes that it could be that there could be a, uh, I, I mean, we are dealing with alien human hybrids, you know, that is an implication that a bridge could be built, but I, we don't know the players well enough to be able to make any guesses towards that. And seeing some of the stuff we've seen, it doesn't seem that to be too benevolent. Yeah. You know, if black oil is, is a colonizing force, it's a pretty bad one. 
I, yeah, and I, I think at some point we will need to have a discussion or a broader discussion about um, the ways in which the X-Files isn't really interested in the sort of world building that a lot of science fiction yeah. shows do, because I don't really have a good sense of who the aliens are. Like, there seem to be, like, several different species, but the show never really talks about it ever um, mm-hmm. or really gets into it whatsoever. So it just uses this term aliens as some sort of, like, they're from space, but it doesn't yeah. really matter that they're all different. I You know, I don't really get it. So, yeah, you know, and then we even have outliers like War of the Coprophages, you know, that could be just a a completely different species that has nothing to do with really anything at all. And it's just there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the implication, I guess, is that this is a universe in which there's a lot of different intelligent life. But, you know, why are all these alien species wanting to colonize Earth? I don't know. Yeah. So let me ask you this question outright then. So so now that you have three seasons of the show and we have maybe the this new piece of information um, that there's colonization, there's a date set, and, and this is going to happen at some point in the future. What do you think the syndicate is doing? Like, what is their primary goal for existing or their primary reason for existing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're somehow dealing with it. Is it that they're trying to stop this and they need to use very... Um, you know, uh, certainly, I, I, I would assume they have the belief that if all this were to be revealed, there would be worldwide panic, and no one would be able to deal with it, and it would be very difficult to stop this. I don't think that they're trying to do the thing where, you know, okay, well, Earth will be colonized, but we'll be the ones on top, and you know, we'll be, a, we'll be the regents of Earth at that point. Like, I don't think that's necessarily their goals. Certainly, Mulder and. The X-Files is the belief that humanity would know what to do with this information if it were revealed. Like, I think Mulder believes that, you know, the truth is its own good and that the the revelation of the truth would be what would stop disaster. And you know, the cigarette-smoking man, by all of his Nietzschean uh, ponderings, seems to <laughs> imply that uh, only a certain group of people, the syndicate, are the ones who are intelligent enough to be able to deal with all of this properly and that the rest of humanity is just going to be a bunch of panicked herd animals. Yeah, right, because I think this is one of the most interesting reveals of the episode, which is we kind of get the the first glimpse of what the cigarette smoky man's sort of, I guess, personal philosophy is. And mm. surprise, surprise, it's basically Nazism. <laughs> Yeah, when, you know, the show has certainly dealt with Nazis before. <laughs> so I guess maybe the, the, the last thing that I want to talk about is the the end of the episode when Mulder and uh, Deeper Throat get into that fight. And it seems very, I mean, you could take this take this as just a, a season ending thing that isn't going to have repercussions, but this isn't really that type of show. That it seems likely that that Mulder has now lost the ability to to lean on Deeper Throat. And, you know, Deeper Throat is a very interesting character because we never really learned anything about him necessarily. I think yeah. we know even less about him than we did about Deep Throat. Um, but Mulder seemed not to trust him. He seemed to trust Deep Throat more than Deeper Throat. But at the same time, he did try and rely on him a lot. I mean, I think even in Wet Wired, he went back to his apartment yeah. to put the X on the window to try and get his, his attention. I mean, I feel like Mulder was kind of dumb to still to think that Deeper Throat would be on his side ever. Um, you know, certainly there is 
you know, in his visions at the beginning of the season, both Deep Throat and his father are appearing, and the two of them are paternal figures to him. You know, he you know, he does have a trust of Deep Throat. Deeper Throat has never been you know, that person, anytime Mulder calls him, I'm like, what are you doing? He really doesn't, he doesn't like you. He doesn't want you around. He doesn't want to help you. He's only going to help you if it serves his interests. And I think it's clear in Wetwire that Deep Throat, Deeper Throat wants to use Mulder as a tool, right? I mean, he believes, you know, Deeper Throat cannot personally counteract his orders he can't personally go against them he can't personally stop something but he knows you know he can sick Mulder on them and Mulder is a good enough investigator that he can do this and take care of the problem for him I mean I think I I think their relationship ended in Wetwired this is just the you know this is just act two of that really when you know when when Deep Throat realizes in Wetwired that no, Mulder wasn't going to do exactly what I said, what, you know, I can't manipulate him in the way I want him. I mean, I I think that's it. Deeper Throat thought he could manipulate Mulder, and Mulder just is a little too resistant to that. And this is, you know, this is just the outward sign of something that they realized, you know, in the previous episode. I think that's actually a really good read on it. And I I, I think that, you know what's interesting to me about the the character of Deeper Third and the relationship between him and Mulder is that it, Mulder had this weird blind spot with Deeper Throat, where Mulder yeah. kind of I think kind of understands the score a lot of the time with people, but with Deeper Throat for some reason he he didn't, and I think it it really is because he had a very different relationship with Deep Throat. And I think he did yeah. trust Deep Throat and Deep Throat liked Mulder. I mean, I don't get the sense that Deeper Throat likes Mulder. Either. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's putting it mildly. I think he hates Mulder from the beginning. He doesn't respect him. He has disdain for him. Um, Deep Throat needs to use Mulder at certain points, and you can tell he kind of feels bad about it, and he's trying to do it in the way that is, you know, the most... He's try. He tries to use Mulder in a way that's still going to have Mulder's well-being in mind. And in other words, you know, the two of this us are on the same side, and you know, this may be, you know, this is for your own good at least. Um, Deeper Throat would only give a shit if Mulder died because great, now I've lost a tool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. All right, well. I think we'll leave Talithakumai there. If you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of The X-Files we just talked about, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. Like I said earlier, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. It also supports our other podcast, Truckabout, which you can check out at truckaboutshow.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us an iTunes or Apple podcast review for tuning in. It is the best way for new people to find the show. All right. Well, next week, this is normally the time that we reveal what next two episodes of the X-Files we're doing. But as we said last week, we are taking a short X-Files pause uh, just for four (laughs) weeks. I'm really sorry, Richard, but no, I know. I know it'll go fast. Don't worry. So the next series we're going to do, it's a short, tv series it's only nine episodes uh it's called in the flesh uh almost no one watched it it's a it's a british show it's a a bbc3 and then it moved over to to bbc1 in its second series um and essentially it's about uh it's a zombie show 
Uh, but I wanted to do it because it's it's not a typical zombie show. We're not like talking like Walking Dead stuff. Um, it's actually what happens after the zombie apocalypse happens, and uh, it's actually like solved. <laughs> okay. Um, so like the zombie apocalypse happens, but they're able to cure the zombies. So what is that? You know. So what happens? Right. Like what what is the drama there? Um, and I think it's going to be good. It's going to be really interesting to, to talk about because it's something that I watched a few years ago. I really liked it. Um, it is, I think, also the, the second show that we've done that was unceremoniously canceled. You could argue United States of Terror was also unceremoniously canceled, but at least it got an ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Firefly and in the flesh kind of don't get endings, but I think it's worth watching. Um, it's also available on, on, uh, United States Hulu. And I assume if you live in, in the UK, it's available on BBC iPlayer or something because it's a BBC show. Um, and if you live outside of those two countries, well, I can't help you. But, you know, torrents exist, or how do people pirate things these days? I don't even know. I heard something about .as web files. I don't know. I, I really don't know, Richard. The, the, the uh, new uh, world of piracy is a complete mystery to me. I know. I was trying to pirate some games the other day, and I realized I don't know how to do this anymore. It's difficult to get old. <laughs> All right, yeah, so next week we're going to be talking about In the Flesh, the first series. So it's three episodes of television. They're about an hour each. So join us for that. We'll see you next week. Mac, why do you...